Big news out of Tampa today that could have implications not only for the Atlantic Division, but for the Toronto Maple Leafs specifically, both positively and negatively. We'll touch on that. We'll take a look at the back-to-back uh, -back coming up this weekend against the Montreal Canadiens. So all that more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, I really wish that the people on YouTube could see what I was just watching. Like during that role, during the music and what was going on and that sound, Dave Morissuti was just head bopping away. Give us, give us a little, a little view of what I was watching as yeah. that music was going. People don't realize we don't, we, we don't add in the video intro app. Like it's part of the show. Yeah. Like it, I got to get myself amped. This is me getting amped <laughs> for the podcast. That was right? funny. It's also we're not recording at eleven o'clock at night too, so I have a little more energy. I just had a nice dinner too. Nice, very nice. What Porchetta. was on the menu? Porchetta. Mamma mia. Beautiful. Mamma mia. Uh well, welcome into the Locked On Leafs Podcast. It's a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DeStefano, and my co-host, the Porchetta King himself, Dave Morisuti. Um, it was an off day in Leafland on Thursday, but plenty news going on around the NHL uh none bigger than the news out of Tampa Bay Dave and uh let's let's kind of start there because this has implications not only for Tampa and for the division but also for the Toronto Maple Leafs and we'll get to all three of those aspects throughout the course of this show but let's start with Tampa because it's going to impact them more than any other team obviously um if you missed the news uh, around the NHL today it's it's that Andre Vasilevsky um underwent back surgery today or recently, I suppose, and is expected to miss uh, eight to 10 weeks. So expected to miss the first two months of the regular season. Um, and, and that's not great for Tampa. It's not great for hockey at all. Like whenever you're losing one of the, the league's biggest stars, the best players at the position, it's just not good for the brand. It's not good for hockey. Um, but there is some positives, I suppose. If you're a Leaf fan, it does make the route to the division crown a little bit easier. Again, we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. But why don't we start uh, start off by talking about how you think this will impact the uh, the Bolts. What what do you think this means for Tampa Bay this season? Well, there's a reason why they're paying Andre Vasilevsky as the highest paid player on the team. It's because he is their best player. He's the reason why their dynasty, call it a dynasty if you want, they've been to so many cup finals it's because of Andre Vasilevsky. He's played God level, right? Like he's been one of the better goaltenders in the NHL over the last, what, four or five years. Yeah. Five, okay. six. He's, he's, he's been the best goalie on the planet for, for five, six years now. He's, he's taken that crown from Carey Price hands down. And so like the Tampa Bay lightning haven't really ever had to deal with an, a long-term injury like this on, they, They've gone through, you know, Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov. Hedman's missed some time, but it's yeah. different when it's the goalie, right? It's so different. Because they just say, we are going to pay Andre Vasilevsky so much money because it doesn't matter who we put in next to him because this guy is going to play 60-plus games for us. 
we'll we'll kind of concede, concede the other ones. Although when Curtis McLean was there, they had actually a really good one-two punch between the two of them. So no worries. And so like this is where Tampa is gonna it's gonna it starts to hurt you, right? People say, Oh, you know, Tampa's been able to get been so good. It's like, well, yeah, because they've had the best goaltender in the league for all these years. And he covers up a lot for them, right? Like they, people laud a lot about what Tampa has. When you have a really good goaltender, it covers up the the holes that you have. Like I think of even Carey Price when the Habs went on that miracle run to the cup final. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. Florida last year with Bobrovsky. Look what happens when Bobrovsky finally turned into human again. 100%. Right? 100%. Like, I, got, I, I got some numbers to back that up, Dave, too. Yeah. Like you want to talk about the, the, the you know masking deficiencies – Despite Vasilevsky having his highest goals against and his worst save percentage um, since becoming a full-time starter back in 16-17, he still had 25 goals saved above expected, which was the sixth most goals saved above expected in the NHL. If you look at this team last year, they really struggled defensively, the Tampa Bay Lightning did. We know that Victor Hedman did have a down year. Could injuries have played a role in that? Perhaps. Could have, Perhaps the fact that they had gone to three straight cup finals played a role in it? Maybe. So So I guess you're banking that after a full offseason that potentially he can get back to being the, the all-star stud defenseman that he is. But when they took away Ryan McDonough and they took away Jan Ruta from this defensive core, they really did struggle last year. They were 16th in the NHL and expected goals against and and you know for those who aren't you know analytically driven or they don't believe in analytics sure whatever but that's a stat that basically measures the quantity and the quality of of chances that your team gives up defensively it's it's basically an analytic that suggests how well a team defends and when you look at the blue line and what they did over the course of the offseason they didn't do anything they added calvin dehan to that same blue line that got eliminated by the Maple Leafs, uh, you know, last year in the postseason. So it's not like that blue line got any better. And, you know, Vasilevsky had to mask a lot of those uh, warts that were there for this team defensively. Um, and it's it's certainly going to be interesting if he's not there either as the last line of defense, how much would this team struggle? And I guess that brings us to kind of the next talking point in this whole thing is we they got to make a move essentially because if they don't make a move and they don't bring in a goaltender um <laughs> it, it, this isn't the year that you want to be getting behind the eight ball in this division because you've got some teams who are gunning for you and and currently the goaltenders that are are under contract for this team right now is Jonas Johansson who's got 35 games under his belt with an 886 goals against and a 24 goals allowed above expected um, and with a 335 goals against throughout those 35 games. So nearly a goal allowed per game above expected. That's not good. It's not a good statistic uh, for those wandering out there. No, not very good. And then the other player they have is a young prospect, Hugo Allenfault, who I think is like 22 years old. He's played one period of NHL hockey and allowed three goals on 10 shots. So, I don't think they look at either of those two players and say we could get by the you know first couple of months of this season uh, with with those two guys. We'll be fine. No, they're definitely uh, looking, and you know that that team's going to be trying to acquire a goaltender um, over the next couple of weeks before the season starts. Got to be right, Dave. I think so because you. This is not a team that can say you know what. We'll see how it goes. No, this is a team that has a defined 
idea that they're a Stanley Cup contender each and every year as long as this core is intact. They just made look at all the moves they've made lately to lock in these guys for eight years is because they believe that this this core can't compete for the next eight years. If they didn't believe that, they wouldn't lock these guys up. So, it, yeah, they, they desperately are going to have to find another goaltender uh, within the next, you know, next few weeks because, yeah, you can you can say, ah, oh, we have time. Let's see what the other couple guys can do in preseason for us. You can't take that chance because I, the other thing, too, is you get behind the eight ball in the Atlantic division. Look at the reason why Boston just cruised to that Atlantic division title. It's because they were got off to such a good start that it was just it was a insurmountable you know, odds for the Leafs or Tampa to catch them. Right. We pretty much were saying, all right, November, it was Leafs or Tampa for a second in the in the Atlantic because Boston had it wrapped up pretty much at that point because of how good of a start that they had. So getting off to a good start in the Atlantic division means everything. So if Tampa yeah. thinks that they're just going to be able to sneak by, especially with the Atlanta getting a lot tougher this year, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, and, and I don't even know like if there's even a goaltender that's really out there that they can get that's honestly going to make a, a enough of a difference. Like I was looking at the available goalies, free agent-wise, I guess they could go back into the Brian Elliott, you know, he was their, their backup the last couple of years. So like, he knows the system, he knows the group he's comfortable playing there, but is he a number one? Definitely not. He hasn't been really ever in his career. He was a one at B for like a little bit, I suppose, but like, that's a guy who's out there in free agency. Yarrow Halak is still technically available. If they want to go that route, he's a, uh, I believe still looking to play uh, hockey, do they Mike Smith? Do I bring back Mike Smith to, to Tampa? He's 41 years old. I don't know if he's still looking to play, but he is out there and he has not officially retired, I don't believe. Um, so there's not a lot of free agent options that they'll have. So maybe they go the trade route. Potentially they could, you know, claim a guy off of waivers once the waiver wire starts to be active. Spencer Martin from Vancouver was placed on waivers today. He, you know, was a backup last year for the Canucks and often was was actually had to be thrust into a starting role because Thatcher Demko was injured. So he's got experience. It didn't go very well, but he's got games played if if that's a, a route that they're going to want to go in potentially. Um, but before we get into, you know, maybe some of the guys that they could go get, and I think this is – it, 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 that's how it could potentially impact Toronto. And, and the name obviously is Martin Jones. That name has floated around a lot as a potential a stopgap for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll get into that in a moment. But when we look at from a big picture perspective, from a team perspective, you look at the Atlantic division and you look at how this player, Andre Vasilevsky, the backbone of this team, is, is going to be out for the first two months. The athletics model, actually, I was looking down decision. Um, tweeted this, that their playoff percentage points dropped by 13% by that one player being out for just two months. Their entire season playoff odds dropping by 13%, which means there should be some other teams in this Atlantic division salivating. Which team do you think can benefit most from this unfortunate circumstance with the Tampa Bay Lightning? I mean, the Leafs are one, but other than the Leafs, Maybe well, is it, well let's, let's, is it the Leafs? Like, you yeah, don't have to, I, I personally think it's Leafs because I was talking with some friends today about this, and it's just like, who are the teams realistically that have the biggest chance of going head to head with the Leafs for top spot in the Atlantic? Tampa was one because yeah. they're always there. 
Boston, because you until you see them play and you see how things go, you give them a chance, but not as good of a chance because of all the moves that's happened lately. Yeah, no Bergeron, no Krejci. Right. Yeah. Like, you ha- you, like, is Allmark going to be able to put up another Vesna-worthy season again? Like, sometimes goalie do, goalies do regress a little bit. And then the other one for me was, like, is it Ottawa? Like, like Ottawa seemed to be the team. Like, I know a lot of people are talking about Buffalo, but Buffalo, they're relying on, I think, less stellar goaltending than Ottawa, in my opinion. I like, yeah. I, it's funny because, like, Forsberg and, and Corpusella, they're one, two. Matt Sogar is still a good goalie, too. Yeah. I, I got to see firsthand how good that, how he was in that preseason game. Like, he masked a lot of things, I think, for that Ottawa defense. So, I think Ottawa could benefit, really. A team like Ottawa, like anyone that feels like that they are maybe going for a wild card now, they're like, "Hey, maybe one of the top three spots now with Tampa dealing with this injury could be an opening for us." Well, if Ottawa wants to be that team that benefits from this, that capitalizes, they got to get off to a good start, which is something that I think like three, four years in a row um, they've been a sub five hundred team by Christmas, and they're basically finished by the time you know, the trade deadline rolls around and they're not really in it. Uh, and they have a, a late surge, but it's a little little too late because of their poor start. So if they are going to capitalize and be that team that can benefit and maybe pick up that third um, position in the Atlantic or potentially get a wild card spot, they're going to have to pick up points at a time where Tampa's probably not going to pick up a whole lot of points early on in the season. So you're right. That's a team that definitely could benefit. I, I think Buffalo is, is you know, right there. I know you, you say that the goaltending situation there isn't as good as it is in Ottawa. And I guess I probably would agree only because I think Devin Levi is unproven, but I think the ceiling is higher for yeah. Devin Levi. And we've seen young goalies come in and play extremely well early on in their career. So it's possible, especially with the blue line there, right? You've got Owen Powers, the only getting better. Rasmus Dahlins turned into one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Matias Samuelson, I think, is a quality, quality, um, you know, defensive defenseman in their top four. Uh, Henry Yokiharu, we saw, scored a goal last night against, uh, you know, the, the Leafs. So I think they've got a pretty good blue line, too, that can help kind of shelter that team. And Don, Donnie Granado has you know some some players who are willing to also back check so that could help the goaltending situation in Buffalo so I think they're probably the team um, that would benefit in terms of an, a, a playoff spot opening up a little bit more or maybe now more likely for a playoff spot to open up um, but I think you're you're we got to look at the Maple Leafs as the team that is probably has the most to gain because this really does now give them a, a pretty clear path to the division crown, doesn't it? I think so. As long as Boston doesn't, for some reason, pull a good start out of their rears as they found found in past years. Have you seen what their what their center depth is this year? Yeah, well, it's not. It's terrible. Like it's it's it's, Zaka, it's Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, and Morgan Geeky. Give me Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander yeah. all day long. I know all day long. So I know I do think like if you're if you are if you're Sheldon Keefe right now, and if you're the Leafs, if you if there's no better message right now to this team to get off to a good start than right now to say, look at this, what this opening is going to do for us, right? Like this is not like Tampa losing, like a Kucherov or a Braden Point, right? One one forward, you can kind of work your way around, especially if you built good enough depth. 
this is their starting goaltender. This is the best goaltender in the league. And I think I remember I think it was locked on centers that tweeted out that Otto has two games in their first like two in their first ten games are against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right? Like teams yeah. are now gonna look and say, How many games do we have against Tampa Bay in those uh two months? I don't know what the Leafs schedule actually I can look that up in two seconds. Like the Leafs have game October twenty first and November sixth. So they got two games. Yeah. So they had to try and pick up uh, pick up a couple there. Right. And those head to head games mean something too. When you have good records in your own division, that gives you a really good chance. This is why it gets so mad when they lose to Montreal every year. Because like those are freebie points that you should be picking up to help you in your own division. Because you yes. you have to play on the we you play a lot in your own division you got to take advantage of those games. Yeah, and it's not as easy as it once was. So like you're not going to get as many points off of the Ottawa's, the Buffaloes, the Detroit's Detroit, of the world, the Floridas who was just dreadful for so many years. You know now it's all right. Everyone's kind of got a fighting chance here. It's going to be a dogfight within that division. It's going to be tough to pick up points. Now the Leafs should be favored in pretty well every game that they play, but. It's still a pretty, you know, there's a lot of parity in the league. It's not, nothing's guaranteed here. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult, obviously, but I think with Tampa being the biggest threat and now they lose their starting goaltender, the best goalie in the world, the guy who really masked a lot of issues with that team a year ago, he's out for the first two months. If Toronto can just pick up some points early on, get themselves a nice, comfortable lead, uh, they really could benefit with uh, with the division crown, and then no longer having to do the two three against a really good team in the Atlantic or in the yeah in the Atlantic. Potentially, they win the division, and then they have to face the eighth seed or the seventh seed with the wild card. And maybe it's a team from you know across the aisle, or it's one of those teams that just sneak in, and then all of a sudden you know they got a pretty favorable first round matchup. So uh, we'll we'll see you know if if this does come to fruition because. You know, we also thought last year Boston with them missing McAvoy and missing Grizzlick and missing Marchand early in the season that they were going to falter and they turned out to have the greatest season statistically in NHL history. Uh, I don't think that's going to occur, um, but we'll see what ends up happening. There is one thing, though, that I think will kind of negatively impact or has a chance to negatively impact the Maple Leafs when it comes to the situation in Tampa Bay. Uh, We'll chat about that on the other side. We're also going to preview tonight's uh, game against the Montreal Canadiens. we got a back-to-back this weekend. So uh, one group will play tonight, one group will play on Saturday. So we'll kind of chat a little bit about that also coming up on the show. But before we get into all that, let me tell you guys about DoorDash. Uh, Need your fresh groceries for the week but don't have time to go to the store? Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you get grocery delivery that actually delivers. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Want even more value? You can save on all of your groceries and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get 50% off of your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code Locked at checkout, limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $20 with no minimum subtotal when zero delivery fees with your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKED, 
Don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with my co-host Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So if you're new to the show and you're just kind of stumbling upon us today and you're enjoying what you're talking about, appreciate it. Thank you for giving us a chance. We've got uh, shows that come out each day, Monday through Friday. Um, We'll be providing day-to-day in-depth coverage of the Maple Leafs all season long. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast from, whichever streaming uh, service you use. Also uh, find us up on YouTube and, you know, smash that like button, hit subscribe also on the show and and give us your thoughts on, uh, you know, what this Vasilevsky injury could mean for the Maple Leafs uh, and could mean for the Atlantic division. So we talked about the positives of what this could mean for the Maple Leafs and the nice clear uh, um, path to a division crown potentially. But there's also one other aspect that could negatively impact the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's the fact that it could deplete their goaltending depth because as we had mentioned earlier in the show, we were taking a look at the free agents that are out there and that's available for them. Brian Elliott, Yarrow Halak, and Mike Smith. Meh, meh, and yeah. There's a reason why they're still out on the free agent market, which means it's very possible that for the Tampa Bay Lightning to go out and get themselves a goaltender, they're going to either have to do it via the trade route or wait for the waiver wire to, to get a lot of these goaltenders, these third goalies that are around uh, for teams, for them to hit the waiver wire and acquire one of them. And one of those guys who is expected to hit the wire at some point, who the Leafs were hoping that they could get through to the minors, is Martin Jones. And, you know, he is someone who has been a starter at, uh, you know, points in his career and was a starter for time, you know, last year also. Uh, So there's a possibility that, this injury, although it's it's good in a way for the Maple Leafs, could deplete their goalie depth because I think he'd be a strong option for the Tampa Bay Lightning if they're looking around and kind of keeping an eye on some goaltenders around the league. Yeah, even before the injury to Vasilevsky, we were saying that it's unlikely you see someone like Martin Jones pass through waivers because what teams value most at that goaltending position is experience. Mm-hmm. That's why Curtis McElhinney got picked up when the Leafs decided to take him over Garrett Sparks, right? That's and it worked out for Tampa when they did that. So for the for the Leafs, this is this is something that you know the only thing the Leafs can have can hope for is if they put Martin Jones on waivers, whatever team puts in a claim has to have a better uh, waiver priority than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like you're hoping that it's a team that. Need, well, I'm trying to think like, even like a. I mean, even if even if he gets, I think it's it's more so a detriment just the fact that it depletes the the Leafs goaltending depth than it does benefit Tampa. Like I don't right. think the Leafs should be worried about Martin Jones becoming the no. goaltender and being a boogeyman for the Maple Leafs. I don't think that's a worry. So a team claiming them in front of Tampa Bay doesn't really matter. I think it's more so just that if You're an moved. injury occurs to one of Samsonov or Joe Wall or Joseph Wall just doesn't really have it. And he, and he pulls a Gary Sparks and turns out, oh, maybe he's not very good. You, you never know what could happen. Nice of you um, to put that into the air, huh, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying it's possible, yeah. right? And, and in that case, the least they signed him for a reason, to have a third goaltender 
with some experience who they would feel comfortable playing should these situations arise. I think an injury is more likely to happen at some point to one of these two goalies anyways than for one of them to suck. It's been the Leafs um, for the last few years. Like, yeah. And, and, not and, had a goalie injury in a season. Right. And now you look after Jones, like there's really – Nothing there after him. Like, what are you, you going to bring up? Dennis Hildeby, who's never played a game. Keith Petrozelli. Oh, like, yeah. who's going to go in and, and play, you know, NHL minutes? If if Joan, if one of those two goaltenders goes down to injury and Jones gets plucked off waivers, who's in the system to, to come up and, and be the number two for the Maple Leafs, right? So that's where I believe it, it could come back and, and it could hurt them a little bit. But I think – Ultimately, the pros outweigh the cons in that aspect. Um, but still, it, it could have some impact there with the Leafs goaltending depth. And that's why they went and got Martin Jones in the first place. Like yeah, they exactly. wanted to make they in kind of twofold to tell Joseph Wool, like you got to earn this backup role. We're not just going to hand it to you. But also, injuries happen in camp, right? You have to prepare yourself for that. So you know the Leafs at times. Yeah, they had they had Jones and they had Murray last year, but we were talking about who's the third? Who's the third guy? They, they, they've tried to get the third guy to pass through waivers. Almost every single time they would get claimed off of waivers. This is where you have to now rely on your, hopefully you get your development system to get these other guys who are waiver eligible. You don't have to constantly put a guy on waivers to make this a little bit of an easier decision. Did I hear this right? That Curtis McElhaney is joining the front office to do some work with the Leafs goaltending. I was I, hearing I was hearing rumblings that 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 he was around in St. Thomas. Sheldon Keefe was asked about it, and he's like, "Well, he's around. Uh, let's just say that if he does come to the organization, we know exactly what he's going to be working on, and it's goaltending. But yeah. there wasn't anything officially done, but." Like it's clear, like the Leafs, oh, the one of the first things they did with Bradshaw, or no, recently was they redid their whole goaltending development department because well, they did that last year, yeah, right, yeah. where they brought in um, oh, who did they bring in the uh, the former Canucks one, right? Yeah, it wasn't Danny Sabrin. It was the it was it was the other guy who I can't I for some reason I'm blanking on his name. Chris Sanford. That's it, Curtis Sanford. Thank you. Um, yeah, they brought in Curtis Sanford and then they, they completely revamped and they turned it into a goaltending department. So, um, yeah, it would make sense if they're looking to expand it by bringing in a guy like Curtis McElhaney, who is familiar with the organization and also familiar with how the game is played currently, considering he's been in the NHL in the last couple of seasons as the game's evolved since Curtis Sanford even, um, you know, left, uh, left retired from, from his playing days. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that is not the case. Obviously, I hope Martin Jones can remain with the Maple Leafs. There are some other options. Like I was taking a peek to see if there are some other guys potentially who could be picked up via waivers. Like Alex Lyon, I believe is going to end up getting waived. Um, if not Lyon, then there's some trade options. Like James Reimer is a guy who you know you could trust to start. He's a veteran who's been a one A one B ish you know at times in his career. Kevin Lankinen has started a bunch of games in his career. Um, you know, Dan Vladar would be an interesting trade option too, because Calgary's in a situation where they got Markstrom locked in as a number one, but they also got this kid, Dustin Wolf, who I was actually reading a piece earlier today and uh, there's a transcript and apparently 
you know, Craig Conroy, the new GM, is is really pleased with what Dustin Wolf has been able to do. He's become one of the top goaltending prospects in all of hockey. And, you know, they might be willing to give him an opportunity as the, you know, at the number two role and get him into the NHL. If that's the case, Dan Vladar could be available. And he is somebody who could be, you know, a decent pickup for them to be a, you know, a starter, I guess. Like he's clearly not going to be able to replace Vasilevsky. But, you know, I, th- I think you like that better than Johansson on faults, better than Brian Elliott, better than Halak. Maybe even better than Marty Jones. It's kind of, I guess, could be on par. Maybe a little bit uh, of a of an, an upgrade than Martin Jones. Um, but there is there are other options. But Marty Jones would be a, a free one, a waiver wire option, and somebody right. who's making next to nothing, uh, like a league minimum contract. So it, it makes a lot of sense for Tampa to 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 do that if that's the route they're going to want to go. Uh, the Maple Leafs are hoping that's not the case so they can keep that goaltending depth in, in order. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening uh, with this. Okay, we'll take one more quick break, uh, Dave. When we get back, let's kind of tee up this game tonight uh, and this this back-to-back this weekend against the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll do that in just a few moments. Uh, I'm Mike Stefano with Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked on Leaves podcast. It's Mike Stefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, Leafs coming off their first preseason win the other night against the Buffalo Sabres. They got it back-to-back this weekend against the Montreal Canadiens. A little bit of a home-and-home situation. Um, there was an off day today, so really nothing new to report uh, other than they did actually make a, one more roster move. They sent down uh, prospect Jacob Frasca to the Barry Colts. Uh, but so they didn't, we didn't get to see lines today to maybe guess who could possibly be playing in the Friday game and then who might be playing in the Saturday game or what the lineup could look like. Um, but what we do know, um, or what we presume at least, is that Ilya Samsonov should get one of these games. Like we, we haven't seen him, right, through three preseason games yet. You'd have to think he gets one of these two against Montreal. I would, I would hope so. I, I, in a way, I'd be—I wouldn't say concerned, but I would be questioning why there would be waiting so long to give him his first start, right? Like, I understand that you know they have a timeline; they want to give Martin Jones and Joseph Wool a little bit more of a look. You know what? I'm, I'm going to push back on that. I actually I think it's smart what they're doing with with Ilya Samsonov because I like I don't mind him only getting you know one or two games, considering that. You I think they're expecting yeah. they're expecting him to be the guy this year, right? right. Like he's going to have a, a pretty big workload. They're probably hoping he can get you fifty ish games this season, which he's never done before. So why kind of burn the tread in preseason when you don't have to get him a game or two, allow him to kind of get back into the rhythm, into rhythm, and into the swing of things? Goaltending is that one position that you can mimic a little bit better in practice than than any other position. We know this to be the fact because many goalies and goalie experts tell us that is the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not as necessary to get in game action for goalies. Uh, but you get him one, two games. I'm I'm good with it. I don't need to see this guy playing four or five games, and oh. you know it's not the the injury risk. It's don't don't want to tire him out. He he you know he he's only played a career high 44 games. If he needs to play 50 this year plus playoffs. Nah, eh, you know sit him out for a couple of preseason games. And we also heard that on top of the injury he suffered in the playoffs, he was also dealing with a shoulder issue mm-hmm. as well. 
yeah. right? It was clear, and that was this was my concern with Samsonov. You know, when people were talking about him being the number one, it's like, well, he it's clear that physically he has to get himself adjusted to that workload because he hasn't really done it. So yeah, a little, and the Leafs have you know the health science department that are going to low manage as much as possible when it comes to Samsonov's workload. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have a plan. And I also want to see these other guys a bit more, right? I want to see Hildeby get some starts. I want to see Petruzzelli get some starts because those are the guys that need the, they need the development, right? And you need to know they got to eventually have a plan for, if, you know, if Martin Jones does get claimed, who's the next guy that gets gets that role? Right. Hey, maybe I think you did an episode while I was away about Brian Elliott maybe garnering interest. Maybe that's what gets Elliott to Toronto if they do bring in uh, if Martin Jones does get claimed, and they're like, all right, well, let's bring in Brian Elliott, I guess. No one else wants to. All right, Brian, come on down. Yeah, so uh, hopefully it doesn't get to that uh, to that point, but maybe maybe that is the case. Um, so we don't. one group's going to travel to Montreal for the game tonight. The other group, they'll stay. There's an on-ice session in Toronto, uh, and that group presumably will play the Saturday game in Toronto. Again, we're not sure exactly who's playing where or on what day. Um I'm not sure if we're going to see Simone Benoit in one of those games. I know the other day he was skating. Uh, he, he came back to practice and got his first practice in, but he was wearing a red non-contact jersey. So uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be ready to play in one of these two games, but uh, it would be nice to see him play at some point. You know, he's, he's one of the newcomers on the team. I'd like to see what he looks like and, and his play style. But he did have an interesting quote the other day speaking with the media um, that you pulled, you wanna you want to uh, share with the class what Simon Benoit had to say the other day? Yeah, because we haven't heard from him really, right? Because he's yeah. been dealing with back spasms, so he's already kind of one step behind because he hasn't been on the ice that much. He, as you said, he's been in a red contact jersey, but it looks like he still holds a little bit of uh, still holds a little bit of I wouldn't say a grudge, but he ain't too happy with what how, how things end in Anaheim, right? This is a guy who was pressed into playing a top four role and extension talks led to nowhere. So they didn't qualify him. And he said, personally, I think it was a mistake on their part and it's a win for Toronto. I was happy to end up in Toronto. That's for sure. And then when asked kind of, you know, how he feels about where he is in, in camp and not being right, obviously playing a little bit of catch. He says, I'm just going to make my spot. I always work hard and I always come to camp as a surprise. I got hurt. But as soon as I'm back on, I'll make sure I'll I make myself as part of the team. So, and well, he also said I never got spoon, silver spoon fed. He's like, is that the ex- expression? Let's not forget English isn't his first language. He is French Canadian. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he he. It feels like this is a guy who has always looks like he has something to prove. Yeah, a little um, chip on his shoulder. And, chip and, on and shoulder. you know, not getting qualified clearly is going to give him that chip like we saw samson i was in the same situation last year he was left unqualified and we knew he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder something to prove to the league and and to washington from afar like hey you screwed up like i i still am a good goaltender and you know he turned out to be that for the maple Leafs last year the problem with simon benoit is is not necessarily whether or not i think he's a good if he's a good player or not again i, I gotta watch him with my own two eyes you know in the system and see so until he gets back and plays some games here in preseason i guess i can't really develop a, a formal opinion, but 
unless this this injury to John Klingberg is a little bit more severe than we think, there's not really a path for this guy to make the roster, like to make the team. Um, so he can, you know, say that he he wants to be part of the team and that uh, Anaheim's going to regret this decision all he wants, but ultimately there might not be a spot for this guy in the roster either. And and not being able to play in these games, not being able to showcase himself in the way that Connor Timmons has been able to showcase himself isn't helping him either. So I'm I'm not you know convinced that Benoit is even going to be on this team to to start the season anyways. Um, again, unless there is an injury to to Klingberg, which frees up a cap space and be a roster spot for him. Yeah, that's the that's, that's the issue. These find themselves they can't just say we're going to have two extra defensemen sitting in the press box. Yeah, there's not yeah. really. We just had a whole episode yesterday. About how the heck are you going to try to keep Connor Timmons around because he's looked so good? There's not even space for one extra defenseman. Yeah, in the even first though Simon Ben was on an eight hundred thousand dollar deal, like unless Can't you're going to go short up front, right? You're going to go with fewer forwards up front. I don't know where they were. They think like all these defensemen are going to fit. Only other thing is if again an injury, right? We talk about. Really, an injury is the only thing that seems to want to open up opportunities as like the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're not hoping for any injuries, that's for nope. sure. Good health for everybody is always what we uh, what we preach and what we want here on the Lockdown Lease podcast. But um, maybe on on Monday after this back to back, we can kind of start digging into the the roster a little bit and see cap wise, see if we can put together a cap compliant roster. Uh, and take our, our first jab at what maybe the opening night roster could look like. Maybe that'll be uh, uh, for, for Monday's show, um, and we'll we'll kind of recap the weekend series against Montreal as well. All right, pal, uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti, follow the show as well, at Locked on Leafs. Go ahead, smash that like button. Give us uh, a comment down below, your thoughts on, uh, you know, anything that we talked about today and, and and you know, whether or not this is a uh, the situation in Tampa Bay or the Leafs going to capitalize. Let us know down below. Enjoy the games this weekend. Got one tonight against Montreal and another tomorrow night against the Montreal Canadiens. So enjoy those ones. We'll be back with another episode for you all on Monday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.